Well, good morning. Pastor Nick is sick today. You were supposed to bring the talk, so you have me. <laughs> oh, well, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so I thought I'd just um, do a bit of a revision. And so does anybody remember what the theme was for this year? Didn't think so. <clears throat> so this is the impact, impact I have. So the theme was working together, uh, Philippians 1.27. So let's read it. I only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or am else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So the key thought there is striving together for the faith of the gospel, working together, the body of Christ. So we work together with God to achieve his will on earth. The Bible says that we are his workmanship, we are his servants. We submit ourselves to him and we allow the power of the Holy Ghost to motivate us. In other words, he performs a work in us. So yes, we labour at some level where we use the Holy Ghost, we pray in the Holy Spirit, we read the word, but most of the work is done by the Holy Ghost. It motivates us, it gives us a clear vision, it helps us understand the word of God, it gives us these abilities and talents contained in the Holy Ghost um, to do what God wants us to do. In Acts 2 and verse 44 it says, and all that believes were together and had all things in common. So the early church had things in common and it was the, the Holy Ghost experience, the common experience of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 is very clear about the Holy Ghost being poured out on the day of Pentecost, which is 50 days after the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise from the Father. And so they did and they, they waited there and waited and waited. They didn't know what they were going to get. They had no idea what was going to happen to them. And day of Pentecost came and they were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost descended upon them and they had this miraculous sign. The sign was speaking in other tongues. And it's like a sound of a mighty rushing wind as the Spirit of God entered into one person after the other and they burst forth in tongues. It was like a rushing wind, as you can imagine all these people receiving the Holy Spirit and becoming louder and louder and louder as more people receive the Spirit of God. And so that was the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that they had all things in common. So that was their common experience and they, and they, they piled money together, sold assets to help the church and to evangelise. Had all these sorts of things happening. Have a common goal. Our common goal, goal, goal today is to walk with God. It's our common goal to enter his kingdom when he returns, to serve him the best we can with our lives. The Bible says that we are no longer our own, but we belong to him. And so we work together with God to achieve his purpose here in Canberra. And hopefully it's always our prayer that let your will be on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever God you want me to do, uh, this day, this moment, 
establish it in me so that I am doing that. Because we always, I would think, want to be in the will of God and not our own will. We have our own will, obviously, and we make choices every moment of the day, we make choices, but we would love and we'd desire to be within the will of God regarding the things that we need to be doing concerning him. So the Bible has two very simple analogies about working together, and they are the house and the body. So let's just deal with the house first. So it takes, from what I understand, it takes a number of tradesmen to build a house. So I have a little list here, and not in any particular order. Electricians first, because they're the best, aren't they? Yeah, they're important. <clears throat> no particular order. Electricians, carpenters, plumbers, bricklayers, plasterers, painters, concreters, landscapers, roofers, waterproofers, gas fitters, drainers, civil works. All these tradesmen are required, and it's probably not the, the most complete list, all these tradesmen are required to build a house. And if we don't have them all working together in a prescribed order, um, in an organised way, the house is incomplete. You have to do it in a certain way in building a house. You can't put on the roof before you have walls. This, I'm pretty sure that's true. All right? And you can't paint the plaster, and Enrique will correct me if I'm wrong, you can't paint before you have plaster boards. I'm pretty sure that's true too. And you can't concrete lay a, um, a concrete slab on a site with trees and shrubs. So everything has its order. And the church has its own order too. There is an order and there's a process to being saved. God has made it very simple for us. It's not IQ related. It's not personality related. It's not status, money related. It's only related in one quality, and that is humility. That we humble ourselves, we repent before God, and, and we, we are baptised, that's what we do, and then God graciously fills us with the Holy Ghost. So everybody has a job and has to be done in a certain way. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. And the church, of course, operates that way too, as we know, and it's no different. Everybody has a job and a function Everybody has a function in the church. Everybody. I think we just heard a talk recently about the patella, the kneecap, how important the kneecap is, that it actually increases the load that the leg can take by 50%. So you can lift 50% more with a patella than without a patella. So you'd think your humble kneecap, it doesn't do much. It's sort of stuck there on the end of my, in the middle of my leg and when, it, and when I bang it, it hurts. What's my knee do? Is it, it feels like a bit of a decoration, but it's not. It has this uh, biomechanical bio um, function, which is to help us stand up and strengthen or give us a greater strength. You wouldn't have thought that about the humble patella. So that is, that's its function. And each of us have a function in the church. Each of us have a job. And we may think we're just the patella, not doing much, just turning up each week and not feeling like we're contributing anything, but you are. By your very presence, you are contributing to the body of Christ. You're contributing to the church just by you being here. So 1 Peter 2 and verse 4, 
You have to talk about a scripture on building, don't you, when we're talking about building? So 1 Peter 2.4, it says, To whom coming as unto a lively stone or living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So the Bible describes us as a spiritual house. God has decided in his wisdom to dwell within us. I don't know why you would do that. Why would you dwell within these failed, sinful, rebellious vessels? Why this perfect, eternal, immortal being or entity called God will come and live in these bodies via the Holy Ghost? But that's the concept, that's the mechanism that God has chosen. So God has decided to live within men and women. It is quite an amazing thought, isn't it? that God has actually chosen that. We take it, we were so used to this concept of the Holy Ghost and we take it for granted that God would choose that, but that's what he has done. And we become the building and the temple of God, both individually and collectively, like bricks in the wall collectively, but individually we're also the temple of God. So we have this sort of multi-layered concept regarding the building. And that house is acceptable to God. The other analogy I mentioned was the human body. So we have the human body and Psalms 139 says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvellous are your works, that my soul knoweth right well. We are amazingly made. It doesn't matter, you can watch any television program on the body and within five minutes, you go, that is, that's an incredible piece of construction. So the human body is, of course, a marvel of engineering, because that's the first and most important thing. The human body is a marvel of engineering, of chemistry, of electrical circuitry, of food processing, uh, of ability to do physical work, of um, genius to create where we can work outside our little environment, we can think outside the box. A marvel of living engineering, an incredible apparatus. I mean, the, our structure within us, the skeletal structure within us is, is, is marvellous. You've got the hips which are load-bearing, you've got the shoulders, you've got the rib cage, you've got the back. It all centres the load through down to your heels so you can carry things. We have a thumb. All these very simple things we take for granted have an important purpose. Indeed, we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the genius, which is God, came out of his mind. And everything in the human body has a prescribed function. As I spoke a bit about the patella. So Romans 12 and verse 4. The body works in unison with all the functions in it. We don't have to think about food processing, do we? We don't have to tell our stomach to process that hamburger. 
or we don't have to, when we're sleeping at night, continue to think about our breathing. Breathe in, out, in. The body does it for you. It has all these processes, subconscious processes working away. When you sleep at night, the body is repairing itself after your hard day of work, whatever you may be doing. It's continually fixing things up. It's fighting disease. It's building muscle. It's, it's processing protein and carbohydrates. It's doing all these things in the background. This is what the church does. We've got people working in the background all the time, the unsung heroes of our church, quietly working with people and whatever they may be doing. Just that, That's the analogy. Just as important as giving the talk or bringing somebody to the Lord, every function is just as important as every other function and no function is above any other function in the church. The pastor is not more important than the person who puts out the rubbish, for example. We're all equal in the sight of God. So Romans 12 and verse 4, for as, as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of the other. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching, and he that exhorts on exhortation, and he that gives, let him do with simplicity, and he that rules with diligence, and he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. So in the church we bring various gifts to teach, to exhort, to give. You wouldn't have thought that was a ministry, to give, to rule, to show mercy, to be cheerful, that's what it seems to say to me. Um, having then gifts, verse 6, then having then gifts differing according to the grace of God. And it goes on and gives all these little gifts, not little, gives all these amazing gifts to be cheerful. So if anybody can be cheerful on a Monday morning, you're an amazing person. We love Monday mornings, don't we? Yes, sure. So it does bring a smile to my, think, my, my face to think. There's got to be one. This is deliberate, of course, to make sure that you're listening. I think everybody's listening. All deliberate mistakes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so we all have a role. Fantastic. God has called us to his church to perform a function, a role, we're all as important as each other. No one is above anybody else and no one is beneath anybody else. We're all part and parcel of God's church, of his building, of his body, these two analogies that we have. So, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Which brings me now to our, my next thought. So what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you and you um, have of God and are not your own. For you are bought with a price and therefore glorify God 
uh, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's two. So we don't belong to ourselves. We have been purchased by God. We are his. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, we are the purchased possession. He owns us. We do not belong to ourselves. We give our lives to him and we are his. So this type of thinking that we belong to God helps us adopt the servant's mindset that we're actually not our own anymore, that we have given our lives to God and we allow him to do his will in our life. We are God's and we serve him. So this is all part of the concept of working together. We know how the, the house and the body now work and God now works through us because we have volunteered, we have given ourselves over to him because we are not our own anymore. We belong to him. And so the question always is for us, God, what do you want me to be doing in your church? What is it? And that is only a question that you can answer. And God is the one who will give you that answer. So Ephesians 2 and verse 10. What we do in the church is typically what we're good at. Because God has given us talents. We all have varying talents. Some are good administrators. Some are good speakers. Some are good speaking to others. So God slots us into these roles. What your natural talents, because still God-given talents, is what you could do in the church. So if you're a good organiser, or you're a good singer, or you can play a musical instrument, or you can mow lawns, you're great at pushing a lawnmower. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm being a bit flippant. It doesn't matter what it is. We actually know, we get some sense of what we're good at in the church because it's what we do, what we can do naturally. Still God-given talents. Because the talents in the Bible are still given to us by God. So it becomes pretty easy for us to work out what we're good at. So Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It is God that works in us, created for good works. And I do love that. I find that scripture very comforting. The reason why I do is because it's not all about me. I don't have to solve all the problems of the church. I don't have to have, be the smartest guy in the room. That's God's job. I just have to be listening to him and telling and allowing him to reveal what I need to be doing. It's his problem. It's his church. I'm just a willing servant. So I don't have to be fixing it all up. As we walk with God, God reveals what we should be doing and we just follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And that brings me such comfort that it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about us serving him and then him he leading us through the church and helping the church. We are his indeed workmanship. Matthew 20, verse 26. Mm -hmm. 
working together is our theme for this year. <clears throat> okay. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever shall be great among you, let him be your minister, and whosoever shall be a chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. God throws leadership on its head. In a natural organisation, a corporation or whatever it is, we have the CEO at the top and he has an executive board typically and has people under him serving him and writing policies and, and coming up with um, directions and concepts and thoughts and they feed it up to the top and he then brings it to the public typically. So he has people working for him all the time. In the church, it is completely different. He who seeks to be the chief, and we can, whatever that may be, has to be a servant. So the pastor is a servant. The house leader is a servant. The young people's leader is a servant. The ladies' nights, they're servants. The outreach, we're servants. He that is least among us, God bestows more honour, the Bible says. So the least comely parts, your patella, your earlobe, eyebrow, least comely parts, God bestows more honour. So God has completely changed it around. We are servants. Why? Because Jesus Christ was. And we, and we can read, I'll just read the scripture to you. You can write it down if you like. Philippians 2 and verse 7. And it says, But I made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So if this attitude was in Jesus Christ, this attitude is in us. To work together, we need to adopt a servant's mentality to help one another as much as we can because Jesus took on this attitude, the servant's attitude. So I have a question. What do we want from our church in us working together? What do you want? Well, I have three things. I think it's three things that I want from the church. And there, the list is well, not endless, but it can be extensive. I want an encouraging church to come to meetings, to be edified by testimony, the word of God, conversations. Encouraged by the way we treat each other, that we're respectful, that we're merciful, that we're encouraging, that we look to, to build our brother or sister up, not to judge or to, or to drag down, but to be an encouraging place. Because ultimately we do come to the meetings to be encouraged, to continue to walk in the Holy Ghost. That's why we're doing it. This is the gym. 
We're going to the gym. You want to be fit? Where do you go? You eat ice cream and sit on the couch. No. You come to the church. You're following Jesus Christ, you come to the church. You want to become fit, you go to the gym. This is where we are. This is where the people of God gather. We fellowship together because we're his body. We belong to him. Of course this is where we come. Of course we come to the meetings. We come because you want to come, not because the pastor says you should come. You come because you want to come and be encouraged and to encourage others because you're following Jesus Christ. And this is what we do when we follow Jesus Christ. There are certain things. You pray, you read the word, you fellowship. They're the things you do. You want to get fit, you go to the gym, you lift weights, you run, you have a personal trainer, you read books, you might go to conferences and seminars, you have your whole brain thinking about how to get fit, if you want to get fit. You want to follow Jesus Christ, this is what we do. We come to the meetings. Not because we're told to come to the meetings, or I haven't go to the meetings this week. We come because there's a desire within us to follow the Lord, and this is where we get encouraged. Corrected sometimes, rebuked sometimes, whatever it is to get us into the kingdom of God. This is where we gather. Ephesians 4 and verse 16. from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, this is quite a mouthful, and make us increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. So every joint supplies every other joint. Every saint has an impact on every other saint. So if you come to the church um, rejoicing, well, we rejoice with you. Sometimes we come... Um, sad we're going through some difficult things we'll be sad with you too to encourage you this is what the church does edifying every joint i want a church full of the love of god and good works and out of those good works comes evangelism comes our desire to speak the gospel it's hard to talk about the gospel in this country in this town particularly it's a godless place because the God has become self. Me, I, have become the God. A God, not the God. And substituted one God for another. A God of their imagination, a God of status, a God of self, a God of pride and ego. As opposed to the God of the Bible. Of humility, of mercy, of goodness. Substituted one God for another. They don't say they don't believe in God. They're atheists. Sorry, you actually do believe in a God. You believe in the God of self. So they're not atheists at all. They believe just in another God. The church of love and good works. Out of the love of God in our heart, we desire to talk to people. Sometimes it's difficult. We wait for opportunities. We're seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to say? And an opportunity comes up, we talk to them. We don't beat ourselves up or we miss an opportunity. We just look for another one. This is us serving the Lord. Church of the full of the love of God and good works. I want a unified church. A church that is all moving in the same direction. That we believe the same thing. 
It says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, that we are all thinking the same thing as much as we can, being human beings in our brains, that we want to see our brothers and sisters prosper. I want to see my brothers and sisters happy in their walk in the Lord. It's not possible, of course. You know, we all go through various things, but that's what I want. People just rejoicing and enjoying their walk. That's what I want. I'm sure that's what we want too. We want to see our brothers and sisters happy. We want to see people saved. Coming along and enjoying all the richness there is in being filled with the Holy Ghost and a relationship with God, but the richness that there is in fellowship with each other. The, the community of God. How powerful a thing that is. Romans 8, 28. I've been rabbiting on for a while now. It's 10 2. Yeah. Hmm. You can tell me to stop talking if you like. <laughs> stop talking. All right. Finishing up now. Romans 8, 28. For we all know that, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So all things, that's good things, hard things, high things, low things, all things work together. So if you're going through something hard at the moment, it will work to good. Don't know how, I even don't know why, but as the Bible says, it'll work to good. As you're aware, we're trying to combine our two churches here in Canberra. Now we're trying for a year to sort of resolve and come up with a solution. We haven't come up with a solution, whatever that may be, whether it's selling both halls and live, uh, moving central or moving in one hall, selling one and moving into the other, whatever it is, these are still only buildings. And sometimes we can lose a bit of focus about what it really is, what's the really important things here. You know what the important things here is? You. You know the important things? Me. The saints are God and where we get together. That's the important thing. The building is immaterial. We love being in a nice building, of course we do. But wherever that may be, that's where it is. So we shouldn't get so caught up on what the building is because that just then creates factions and schisms and different opinions. It doesn't matter. Location is unimportant. As long as the body of Christ comes together, as long as we are with our brothers and sisters, as long as we're encouraging each other, as long as we're seeing the love of God operating and good works operating in a unified church, that's all that matters. Building is immaterial. The buildings are important, but the saints are more important. That's what I've got written here. And that's so true, isn't it? So you can see that the sort of the emphasis of the talk is that we work together for the kingdom of God here on earth that yes, we'll most likely eventually be together as a church in one place, whatever that may be, whatever God has for us, that's what we do. And we just get on with it, wherever it is, Lord. doesn't matter where it is. The pastors are working pretty hard on it. We've got a group, a subgroup of people looking at it and there's a whole range of things that just, you know, curls your hair if I talk about all the things that you need to think about. But I don't want to bore you with the details, all right? So we're just working through a process 
We haven't come to a conclusion yet. We're still working through it. The passes need to be in agreement. And then this subcommittee needs to be in agreement. So, you know, I've got to have 30 or 40 people in agreement, which of course will be really easy. Sorry. Won't be that easy, but we're working towards a solution. So we haven't arrived there, but the most important thing is that wherever the saints of God are, that's where we all should be, and all the people said. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Mike. I got Lloyd coming up, I think. <laughs>